Hello, my name is Eric O'January. I'm an author, entrepreneur, investment advisor, and CPA. In the over 25 years of me helping people, I've never met anyone that wants to lose. We don't want to lose games, we don't want to lose loved ones, and we especially don't want to lose money. Naturally, we all want to gain. We need to gain. As true as this is, most end up losing more than they gain, not because of a lack of effort, but because something is wrong with their gainology and the system. In this Gainology podcast and in my Gainology book series, I share what helped me predict and make money off the housing bubble and banking crisis, a scientifically based rationale that you need to know to consistently get ahead. Thank you for tuning in and please share and subscribe to this Gainology with Eric O. January podcast. Hello, this is Eric January, author of the Gainology book series. Thank you for tuning into my podcast today, and you can also download the article that I'm going to read to you shortly uh, directly from my website at conduitadvisors.com. And the title of our topic today is interesting. Money isn't supposed to make you money. At least I think it's interesting, and I hope you do as well. And here we go. I'm going to dive right in. I know what you're thinking. Is this guy nuts? Everyone knows that money is what makes money. Sure, that's what we've been told, but is it true? Before you write me off, hear me out. Our money isn't supposed to make money. What we invest our money in is what's supposed to make money. We understand that principle. So why are we trying to make money with Bitcoin? Because you probably aren't making any money with stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs. Or FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out. You could be like many who don't care if it doesn't make sense. You know that someone has made money in Bitcoin and you just want to make a lot of money too. I get that. But there are other reasons uh, that we can also discuss, but they are not what I want to focus on in this podcast. I want to zero in on Bitcoin. Bitcoin is in many ways exhibiting the tendencies of the tulip and internet manias of yesteryear. And like The past bouts of irrational exuberance, the volatility in its prices versus scaring investors away is attracting more who want to buy on the dips. An estimated 16% of Americans have invested in Bitcoin, according to Pew Research. Too many people have enthusiastically embraced Bitcoin as an investment, but don't fully understand it. Hence, People are putting Bitcoin in IRAs, ETFs, and etc., allowing third parties to control it just as depositors currently do with banks. Time out. Anyone buying Bitcoin and letting a third party control it is telling me that they don't understand what Bitcoin was designed for. They're just trying to make some money. Not knowing what you are doing with money before doing it is dangerous. That is a good way to lose money wreck financial plans, and defeat the purpose. To add a much-needed perspective, I am now about to share with you what I have elaborated on with several clients and friends who have asked me my opinion on Bitcoin. Why should you care about my perspective if you don't know me? I have been 100% accurate on various economic government investment topics since 2005. I'm not trying to break that record. No other published author or financial advisor can state that. I normally start off when talking about Bitcoin, explaining that it is a decentralized virtual currency. It isn't a foreign currency that you can trade over the Forex, generating gains and losses. 
Bitcoin does not belong to one nation or a central bank. It is not affiliated with a central bank or controlled by any nation or nations. Its value isn't derived from or backed by anything like gold. One major government presently has a digital currency, China, the digital yuan. The digital yuan is linked to the People's Central Bank of China. The closest parallel that the world has ever had to a decentralized currency are precious metals. Gold and silver are accepted around the world as money for payment for goods and services, always have been, always will be. Unlike with paper money that was first introduced by China's Tang Dynasty and known as flying cash, no government had to force a private party to accept gold or silver as payment or else. Gold and silver are the original decentralized currencies. Their popularity and utility have survived longer than any kingdom on earth. Bitcoin, banknotes, and gold and silver are currencies. The terms currency and money are often used interchangeably, just as some jobs and clients aren't worth the headache. Not all money is good money. Gold is good money. Silver is good money that's cheaper than gold. Bitcoin is to be determined. It is called the gold standard of digital currencies. And if the veracity of that statement was contingent upon its price and its overall popularity, that would be true. The problem is both popularity and prices are fleeting. Currency, for all practical purposes, is money that is currently in circulation. Shells and tobacco were once circulated as money. No one is buying anything with tobacco leaves for a reason now, and it has nothing to do with the fact that it is a carcinogen. Money has specific uses as a store of value, a unit of measure, and as a medium of exchange. Bitcoin was created to be a borderless substitute of fiat currencies like the dollar bills, euros, and wands that we use today. Fiat currencies generally aren't backed by anything but are declared by the government to be, quote, legal tender for all the settlement of all debts, public and private. Read the front of a Federal Reserve note. That's what's printed on it. Just as fiat currencies characteristically aren't worth the value printed on the paper, there are problems with Bitcoin as well. Many problems are acerbated by its novelty. For instance, having an unpredictable value whether it's rapidly trending up or down is not good for commerce and isn't a desirable characteristic for what is supposed to be money. Another problem, I won't mention them all, that is closely related is that it isn't money to the IRS and many governments worldwide. Although El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as legal tender, most governments with stable currencies don't recognize cryptos as currency. You might ask, who cares? Do we really need a government to accept something as currency when the public already does? It matters. It's a really big deal. Bitcoin, according to IRS notice 2014-21, is a quote-unquote convertible currency treated as property, i.e. capital asset, for income tax purposes. That capital asset, just like a four-unit rental property, is subject to short-term or long-term capital gains tax rates on each transaction. FYI, the capital gains tax rate can be as high as 
These aren't final IRS regulations, and there is a lot of ambiguity in the language. But generally, this seems to be how transactions using Bitcoin are taxed. This is significant. For instance, although we are accustomed to paying sales taxes on purchases in the U.S., no transaction made with Federal Reserve notes will add to our income tax bill. Earning money is what adds to an income tax bill normally, not purchasing goods and services. If this treatment is enforced, we could be forced to also pay capital gains tax taxes on each transaction with Bitcoin. Note that a capital gains tax is a type of income tax. Nonetheless, that is essentially what would occur if you bought a pizza, paid for gas, tuition, and so on with Bitcoin that the IRS considered a capital asset. You'd pay the state, county, and local sales taxes and then get hit with a federal capital gains tax of up to 20%. No pizza will be worth the tax you'd have to pay. And if you thought your tax returns were complicated now, it would be nearly impossible to prepare if you use Bitcoin that was considered a capital asset by the IRS for everyday transactions. I'm speaking from experience as a CPA and advisor who has completed tax returns with numerous capital gains transactions from the sale of stocks and property for over 27 years. That would be a tax return that I would decline. Or as I said previously, not all money is good money. And let me tell you, I have not stayed in business turning down money. Why isn't Bitcoin treated like legal tender when that was what it was supposed to be? Are governments and financial middlemen attempting to undermine Bitcoin or is something else going on? Although I believe that, that is not the topic nor the purpose of this article. What is Bitcoin? Let's elaborate. Although most people have heard of Bitcoin and I've provided a brief description of what Bitcoin is, the name is a bit misleading. When I think of a coin, I visualize what's depicted in the commercials advertising Bitcoin. A coin. Pennies, nickels, quarters, silver dollars, the loose change that we seldom carry today. Most of our transactions are, are not completed in cash unless you're a barber. And even with the barbers and uh, beauticians, they are increasingly accepting credit cards. And that's another form of digital currency. But uh, Bitcoin is a unique type of digital currency in that it doesn't have a physical currency counterpart, which means Bitcoin isn't a physical coin. Never was. It's a virtual currency, a purely intangible asset with no intrinsic or government mandated value. You can't pick it up or fill it as you can physical currency. A coin in Bitcoin vernacular is actually a group of digital transactions bundled into electronic cash. Can we pause for a second? Think about what I just said. How in the heck does a group of receipts equal electronic cash? Can I bring a shoebox of transactions uh, to a Bitcoin miner and can they bundle them up into Bitcoin? It sort of doesn't make sense. We need to elaborate on that. But for the sake of uh, clarity, the pause is over. Let me continue discussing it. That's just a point that I had to make. The transactions that form coins are recorded on what is known as the blockchain, the energy-consuming backbone of Bitcoin. That's coincidentally being adopted in many other industries, like the food industry, so that they can track food. Blockchain has some merits. But blockchain 
is a publicly distributed ledger accounting for all Bitcoin transactions versus being on one computer system that can be hacked or manipulated. Blockchain is replicated on thousands, if not millions of Bitcoin's miners computers. This network accurately transfers funds from one party, the owner, to the next without the need of financial intermediaries. That is, if somebody doesn't have your private key, you should keep your private key secret because if they have your private key, they can take your money because you gave away the key. Truthfully, anyone with the owner's private key can complete the transfer, but you get the point. The blockchain ledger is public with privacy features to prevent theft by making it nearly impossible to undo transactions, steal, debase, or use someone's Bitcoin without the owner's secret key to unlock the asset. So keep your private keys secret. Blockchain and Bitcoin were paired to eliminate quote-unquote overspending by financial middlemen, such as bankers who feel entitled to use OPM, other people's money, and create money out of nothing. Various anti-middleman features of Bitcoin have won many friends and made some powerful enemies. So, in essence, Bitcoin is the new kid currency on the blockchain. Sashitoshi Nakamoto is credited with being Bitcoin's creator. Inspiring the creation of a new currency doesn't occur often. Outside of when new republics are formed after wars, government collapses, etc., new currencies aren't just issued. It's been like that around the world forever. For instance, a new currency hasn't been issued in the United States since 1913. Prior to that, many state chartered banks created their own currency, many of which were supposed to be backed by gold. Because the amount of paper currency that they issued often more than not far exceeded the amount of physical gold on hand, the word would get out. People would get that stinking feeling that there's too much paper in circulation and the same old story would ensue. Depositors would make a run on the banks and all the failures would trigger economic busts, wiping out savings. Congress realizing uh, that we had to do something about the volatility of the banking system and the stress that it was uh, putting on the real economy. In 1913, the United States government gave national banking advocates an early Christmas present. Two days prior to Jesus' unofficial birthday celebration, they passed the Federal Reserve Act. This law created a privately owned central bank with monopolistic control over the nation's money supply. So creating digital currency took nerve and could be a reason that since releasing the white paper titled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system and kickstarting the network with a Genesis transaction, Sasatoshi has disappeared. He got ghost. FYI, no one knows if he is or was a male, female, or a group of people operating under that name. Most people would have thought creating a currency was absolutely illegal, just as selling drugs were for a long time. They were wrong. I believe the concept was so novel and sounded so ridiculous that most governments ignored it and didn't know how to react from a regulatory standpoint. During this limbo, over 8,000 different cryptocurrencies and counting have been created since the original. 
Billions were raised in initial coin offerings, which are like IPOs without the unnecessary red tape from the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, not the College Athletic Conference. And the market value of Bitcoin, the godfather of them all, exploded. In dollar terms, it went from barely zero at its inception in 2009 to over 40000 a coin at the end of 2001. The price per coin was as high as $68,990 in 2021. How do you do that math? How can you calculate the return on investment if it was zero and you're going to $68,990? You can't. But th these are the gains, and this is why uh, Bitcoin is hot. And as with other manias, those who bought early made a mint. But who knows, the Bitcoin party could just be getting started, which brings us to why I made the statement, your money isn't supposed to make you money. The IRS considers Bitcoin not necessarily all cryptocurrencies, such as those that gamers acquire in games to be capital assets in many instances. Why? One reason provided by the IRS is that they are convertible to national legal tender. Well, there are a lot of things that are convertible to national legal tender. Uh, but they aren't getting taxed on it. If you had a euro and you converted it uh, to a U.S. dollar, you don't get taxed on that as a capital gains transaction. Well, there, there's a reason for that. Another part of their rationale could be due to the fact of what most buyers expect from Bitcoin to do for them. Make money. Stock market investors hold equities and expect uh, their value to increase as the companies that they invest in earnings per share multiplies but they don't hold money and expect it to make money. No one holds a dollar bill and thinks that it's going to make money. Nobody thinks that a dollar, if you just keep it in your possession and don't do anything with it, that it'll go and suddenly be worth $10 or $100 or a million dollars. You got to do something with it. As I have stated, that is how it works. So what's my opinion on everything? Bitcoin is a virtual currency that is off to a good start when you consider that the government hasn't had to force anyone to accept it as legal tender, as they do with Federal Reserve notes. As optimistic as that sounds, please don't mistake that statement as an endorsement. It was just an observation of the facts. The public once accepted seashells and moonshine as money, and we know how well that went. The blockchain is a good idea, as I was stated, but it is presently consuming too much energy to operate. What about the conspiracy to undermine Bitcoin? I believe that many governments are just waiting to pull a China and outlaw its use and force their citizens to accept the government's form of a digital currency. I believe that many of these officials are hoping that taking such a drastic measure uh, isn't necessary. For instance, if people were ready to overthrow the government uh, when they thought that the election was stolen from Trump, what do you think will happen if the government took their money away? That would truly be the possible, possible spark of a revolution. Many are sure hoping the Bitcoin bubble will burst and are just praying that when it pops, it won't kill the economy. And when I say many, obviously we're talking about uh, the third party financial uh, middlemen and that are in fear of losing uh, control uh, of the uh, money supply. But that's all speculation. What is fact, however, is that 
cryptocurrencies have lost over 34% of their value in the two months ending January 2022. Another fact is for an economy to prosper, we must use inflation-proof money. A digital Federal Reserve note, which I'm sure is on the drawing board, isn't the answer. Neither are digital euros, pounds, yen, yuan, or some other future yet-to-be-created currency the answer for that matter. The solution isn't buying stock, nor is it starting to buy groceries with Bitcoin. Neither is it paying your bills or investing in assets with Bitcoin. Congress, which controls the IRS, may never change how cryptos are taxed because peer-to-peer currency does not serve government's deficit spending interests. We're $28 trillion in debt, and somebody is making some money off of that. The ultimate solution is simple. It will involve doing what you've just done, reading and acting. Although there are many financial books and pundits, none have a track record of being 100% right like I have in my Gainology book series, with the first being published in 2005. Learn what I teach in my books, how to play a role with money, value investments properly, what investment vehicles are, and how to effectively manage risk so that you can get rid of investment volatility. Then you can make some money with your money.